From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad right now to welcome in Joe Elves, the president of the St. Vincent de Paul Society here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Joe, it's always a good day when I get to speak to the president. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, some people only call me when they got people things to complain about. <laughs> do, you get, okay do, you get to, do you get to fly on Air Force One? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm usually flying coach. <laughs> you, you and me both. Uh, you can. I think there's a seat at the back of the plane, sir. That's well, you know, uh, because I've got this. Uh, my wife's very excitable about. Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. and they put me on chemotherapy. The chemotherapy is way worse than any trouble I had with cancer. Yeah, I've heard that story for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and she's gotten to where. Uh, she wants to put me in a wheelchair, haul me across the airports, mm-hmm. and I—I was—I'm very reluctant to do that. Very, very reluctant. I just—that's just not something I think that's uh, good. But arguing with my wife about it, if I win the argument, she's upset, <laughs> and then I have to walk across the airport. And if I go, oh, okay, just do that and wheel me around, then not so. And then they'll let you on the airplane first. That's, <laughs> so, I, I remember when we had young children, they'd, they'd let you on the airport first. And I, I, think, yeah. I think there were people people renting children just so they could get on the airport, <laughs> airplane yeah, first. Yeah, you know, it, the world has changed. When I was a much younger man, uh, getting on an airplane was a cool thing. Now... Yeah, people in there in their pajamas and they yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. don't wear shoes. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very different to me. Yeah, it's a different experience for sure. Well, Jerry, yeah. tell us just uh, first off, what what are the duties of a president of the St. Vincent de Paul Society? Well, I'm the council president, and that's the diocesan council. Mm-hmm. And the diocese, as you probably know, it runs from uh, Weed up in the north part Actually, of the state. North, uh, even north of that, Wairika, even. Yeah, uh, it, it goes to the state border. Right. It goes to Lake Tahoe, uh, Vallejo, Rio Vista. Yeah. And it's a huge, huge, huge area. And when we broke it down into districts, well, it was quite a while back, uh, made everything much more manageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got six districts, and uh, you, you try to get the districts to take the point on projects. But even at that, uh, you get uh, you get strange things going on, like uh, the the rules or doing something in Solano County mm-hmm. against Placer County. Sure, sure. You know, it, it gets rather complex. And quite honestly, when we hired our uh, executive director, where she just did uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, was left to me before, and now she's doing it and makes it a great deal easier on me. So explain explain that um, you're a large, largely obviously a, a largely volunteer organization. You, know, you do certainly have employees at the thrift store, et cetera. But what what went into the decision to finally hire an executive director uh, for the St. Vincent de Paul here in the Diocese of Sacramento? Well, if you were to tour this different St. Vincent de Paul uh, councils. The councils that are big have an executive director because there's just so much involved in it. Uh, I would, uh, before we got to Nice, I was getting email uh, from insurance companies and uh, talking about uh, uh, personnel issues. 
And a lot of that stuff, I, I'm not that guy. I don't know if they were trying to sell me something or they're telling me they've got something that I should be doing or something that they would like me to do and pay for it. I, I, I didn't know that. I, you know, I was a stranger in a strange land on a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Denise has got a very strong business background. She makes my world, uh, you know, now I get that stuff. Uh, I, uh, probably about six emails today that they just go to her and she'll take care of them. And I, mm-hmm. I, don't, have to, I don't have to figure out what they are. Right. And uh, what, uh, what we consider is the nuts and bolts. Uh, you know, when uh, you have a personal issue with the store. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how do we do that? Well, you know, and there again, I'm not, uh, uh, that's not my forte. Uh, up at the, you know, I think we went, we were hovering around 20 people employed. Now we're up uh, probably close to 30. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's stuff, you know, uh, and as you grow, yeah, which we've gone through quite a deal of growth. Right. Uh, the responsibilities become more uh, apparent. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, was, last year we got hit with two separate uh, dollar increases in the minimum wage. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, stuff you got to deal with, and we are now in that group of people I have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. okay. That's okay. I'm, uh, I, I've got a very big thing in my world. Um, I've always been on the other side of that desk. And uh, I, I, I couldn't deal with it if we weren't paying people a living wage. Right. right. You know, that, uh, that's not good to me. Anyways, I think we're doing okay. The, the store's running well. The... Uh, our disaster case management people are doing well. We've got uh, uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on with that. The, uh, and then we are you aware that we are having a turnover in the uh, Western Regional Vice President? Mm-hmm. Well, Judy got elected, so wow. And and uh, I talked to her yesterday. And she still hasn't got her feet on the ground yet so <laughs> and i'm sure that'll be a, a big difference for her that's judy deetline yeah judy's mm-hmm. taking over for john allison who, who's been uh uh with saint vincent de paul for just forever yeah yeah and done, and done done great work so what what will judy's uh duties be uh she will be the vice president in charge of the western region that's the 11 Western states. Uh-huh. And uh, you take my job and multiply it times 11 states, <laughs> she, she will be working. So does that involve her traveling to the other, other states? Yeah, she will be doing some traveling. Uh, it, it's, the world has become a very different place. Uh, uh, Five years ago, nobody knew what Zoom Zoom was. Right now, right. everybody relies on it. Sure, and uh, it's good for what it is. But I still prefer meeting in person and talking to people. Sure, it's sure. just it's just a better experience for everyone. Yep. And how are you guys doing over there? Well, we're doing we're doing great. Uh, you know, there's. Uh, it's it's just it's it's a joy and an honor to be on the air and to be representing this great diocese of Sacramento and uh, talking to people like you and and a whole bunch of other difference makers. Uh, you know that term influencer is so uh, is out there in society now. People trying to sell products and oh well, this person's an influencer. You know well, you guys, the people I interview. Uh, in my mind, are really the influencers. You know, you're 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 the people that are out there in the in the vineyard. You're out in the trenches. You're out there, you know, as as uh, 
Pope Francis has said you're working with the sheep, but but they don't mean actual sheep. They mean you're working with you're working with people in need, people who need help, people who need a hand up, and so much of our diocese, that's the that's the mission, you know. And so certainly the mission is to bring everyone to Christ and to bring everyone to heaven. But uh, along the way, um, we're doing what. Uh, Jesus told us to do, which is to, you know, comfort the sick and feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit those in prison. And uh, uh, speaking of which, I think the the St. Vincent de Paul's involvement in the Exodus Project is is just a wonderful thing. You know, they're they're doing good work over there. Uh, I know they were trying to expand, they were trying to get a grant to expand into Solano County. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's happened yet. I haven't talked to Seth in a few days. But uh, it, see, that becomes one of the geographical problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Exodus program is in Sacramento. Right. Well, that's good for Sacramento, but sure. Yolo County, Solano County, Placer County, you know, all those places deserve. Uh, the attention, and that sometimes it doesn't work, and most of the time it does. If it's the amount of people that we have doing the amount of work that gets done, I feel uh, I feel honored just to be associated with it. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's some people out there that are just constantly, constantly working, and hey, God bless them. I. We're at some place, uh, I think it was a Western Regional meeting, mm-hmm. and somebody said something, oh, are you, do you consider yourself holy? Mm-hmm. I, I don't consider myself holy. I, I'm lucky to be holding my own. I do what I think is right. Am I holy by other people's standards? I don't know. And I don't, I don't hold myself up as being a... I guess we we strive for holiness, but we we better not be walking around like, oh, I'm holy. Yeah, don't don't be polishing your halo too quick. Yeah, and you know it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, One of the things that I always enjoy uh, when you go to uh, a meeting that's of uh, a bigger area, the Western region. Uh, you meet people there that they have the same values that you do. They have the same outlook on life that you do. Mm-hmm. And you can just walk up and talk to them. And, and you're not going to find somebody that's a cranky old dude there because they just don't belong in there. They won't stick around. Right. And it's, it's, it works quite well for me. I always end up feeling pretty good, especially when you get somebody you can help. Right. Uh, we had... Uh, we had a family, they came down from Susanville on a big, long story, and they just didn't have the gas money to get back to Susanville. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay, well, that's, that's an easy sure. That's an easy fix. And, and things like that, when you can actually see it work, right. that's a good feeling. So, Sometimes it gets a little weirder, but it's okay. Joe, we were talking about Joe Alves, the president of the St. Vincent de Paul Society here for the entire Diocese of Sacramento. Joe, you're on a a parish-by-parish basis, and uh, we all know about the pandemic and how a lot of things got shut down. How did the pandemic affect you, affect the volunteers, affect all of that that the St. Vincent de Paul tries to, to, uh, you know, accomplish in the community? And did, did your numbers drop, and are you looking for new people to come to come in well first off we're always looking for new volunteers mm-hmm. uh the age of our volunteers are pretty generally old and trying to get young people to do that young people have a different set of priorities they're raising their families working their jobs most of the people you'd find involved with us are retired mm-hmm. and they've got the time to do it uh through the pandemic, uh, there, that became a very creative process. Right. Uh, delivering food baskets, leaving it on the porch and ringing the doorbell and telling them good day and, you know, try to get a little conversation in. 
that worked out quite well. We lost uh, we lost some people, uh, but there again, what you're talking about is people that get uh, elderly people. Uh, what do they call it? Immune deficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't want to be exposed to it, and, and you'll see those people right now. If you, when you go into church mass on Sunday, there'll probably be a half a dozen people still wearing masks in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I understand that. That's not uh, not something you got to tempt fate with. Right, right. But we did uh, we did okay. Uh, we lost a couple of conferences, but then we just gained a couple. Our Lady of Guadalupe down in the uh, the downtown area, um, they've come back. Um, they were shut down for quite a while, and uh, that was just people aging out on them. And uh, ended up with the guy that was running the whole show, ended up moving down to El Grove. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. And then the uh, parish priest over there only spoke Spanish. Uh, presented its own issues, you know. And, and the, when you hit a problem like that, eh, my world is not banging your head against the wall. Just try to walk around the corner, see what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Look at it from a different side, and uh, perspective changes. But we've gotten uh, we've got great support from the bishop and his people. Our benefit for the pork dinner was a really nice, successful thing. Yeah, speak about that just a little bit. Uh, I was there, of course, uh, and uh, what a, what a wonderful night that always is. And then to uh, see Father Madigan uh, be honored and uh, uh, give a give a talk to everybody, and uh, you know, talk about his life and his joys and his struggles, and um, it was it was just a, a truly beautiful night and as as always just packed yeah we had a we had a really good turnout uh uh and they didn't have to drag me off the stage this year (laughs) (laughs) which (laughs) that was last uh last year i ended up uh my cataracts had gotten really bad and i hadn't taken care of myself i couldn't couldn't read the notes for the speech. <laughs> I didn't, half the time I couldn't see who I was talking to. Uh, this year, this year they told me I went along a little too long, but at least they didn't have to come up and drag me off the stage. So. They didn't. They didn't give you the hook. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that, that's that's part and parcel. Uh, talking in front of a group of people like that. Um, that's like a, a huge fear to a lot of Americans. That's eh, not one of my problems. I'll, I'll talk, man. People tell you I'll talk to anybody. Man, that, it's okay. That's how you get to know people. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, it was a, it was a beautiful night, and if uh, people who have never attended the the benefit for the poor, usually usually in the month of April, and. Uh, try to find the biggest venue. You may you may have to move that thing to Golden One sometime just because it's becoming such a big deal. It's it's uh everybody everybody wants in and it's I know it's a fabulous fundraiser as as well, you know. Yeah, and I'll be honest, the amount of work that goes into it if that was all left to me, I'd be chasing my tail the whole time. You've already started working on next year's. Oh yeah, oh you have to. You know, you have to sit down and say, "What did we do right? What did we do wrong? Uh, what what could make it better?" And uh, not not a lot, but you 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 always have to work on next year's, especially to get a great speaker and 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 all that. But I have a complaint though. Uh, for about the fifteenth straight year, I did not win the Hawaii trip. <laughs> and every time I buy a ticket, I've been guaranteed that I'm going to win it, and it just doesn't happen. You know, uh, it was three years ago, uh, the lady that won the trip was sitting right next to me. She's from our parish here in Vacaville. Uh-huh. And she won it, and it was like, damn, that was close. <laughs> yeah, you were close. You were sitting <laughs> next to me. Missed me by that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they went there, and they had a good time. And, uh, you know, you hit the... Uh, you get oddball situations. Last year uh, was D 
West Sacramento. Uh-huh. Maybe Our Lady of Grace. I'm not sure on that. But he wouldn't get on an airplane. He won't fly. Oh, wow. That's oh, a, that, okay, well, what, what do you do then? No, I guess you swim, huh? It's... Oh, yeah. He, he, he was going to take a trail, a train trip, and we worked it out, and he got off. And that, that was, you know, it, it, you hit odd things like that. Yeah. When you're selling, uh, I, I forget what we, so we sold over 100,000 tickets. Wow. Uh, that's a lot, and that's a lot of people, and people selling into their relatives back east, and yeah, yeah. It, it can get, uh, it can get interesting, and then, then you have to go through, uh, you have to have a license to do a, a, a raffle like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I'm I'm not real good at being detail oriented. But I've got enough people around me that'll say, you know, you're supposed to, okay, I got it. I'll, I'll take care of it. But, you know, life is always good. I always uh, try to look at the positive side of things. When you get up in the morning, you're getting up. That's that's a good style. Yep. If, uh, if somebody described it to me as if you get out of bed and nothing hurts, you better <laughs> check your pulse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I I get up in the morning and uh, walk out to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee, and uh, I, I I I think I, I I discovered a new joint overnight. You know, it's like <laughs> where did that joint come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, something you wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't hurting you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's it's amazing what you take for granted until it goes a little bit haywire, and and you go, oh wow. Yeah, and it's like I said, uh, uh, people ask me how I'm doing. I say, well, I'm still on the right side of the lawn, yep. and I still got enough strength in me to complain. Yeah. So yeah. I consider that to be a win. That's a win. That's a win for sure. Well. Yeah, I, I've seen. I've seen so many people that I know of that uh, a friend of mine was down in. Uh, him and his wife were building a home in Mexico, and uh, she had a stroke. And uh, they had to fly her back, and I just an outrageous amount of money to fly her back up here. Mm-hmm. And then they had to remove part of her skull because her brain brain was swelling. Swelling, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know now she's all. That was over a year ago, and they're still trying to get her back to some kind of normality. And, and you know, people have that kind of uh, issues. I, I I don't know where they get the strength. I, I don't know how that works. Hope that I never have to find out. Yeah, well, you, you hopefully, uh, uh, you know, they, they always say the good Lord isn't going to give us more challenges than we can face. But some people have faced a lot of challenges, and they do it with great courage. Yeah, and a friend of mine's wife was, uh, she had, uh, she became senile, uh, and he, people used to comment to him, how can he stay so cheerful? And he said, well, I could sit in my living room and cry, but that's not going to get anything done. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Well, uh, Joe, we really appreciate uh, you and all that uh, all that you do and all that the uh, St. Vincent de Paul does. Uh, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, if you if you're looking for volunteers, uh, people, how how should people go about uh, saying, hey, I'd like to learn more about St. Vincent de Paul. I'd like to get involved. How how should they go about doing that? We've got the website, uh, and that gets updated on a fairly regular basis. Uh, what is the address there? SVDP-Sacramento.org. Um, it's got all about us. If you want to donate money, that kind of thing, you can do it from that spot. And uh, there's stuff in there about membership. And uh, if the worst you're going to do is end up calling the regional number, and that will put you through to Gigi down at the store. 
uh, and that's 916-572-7553. That's set up so that if you don't know who to call, you call them, and they'll direct you towards whatever conference you're in. Oh, very good. And, and I think the last time we had a count was 53 conferences. Wow. Out of uh, 110 parishes. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. So are we doing okay? I think we're doing fine. Yeah. Uh, I think financially we're doing pretty good. The store's doing well. Uh, we just got uh, a grant from... Uh, it, it's an interesting thing. What happens is you get uh, people start to know who you are. We got a call from Red Cross. Could we handle dispersing some money that they had for the fire victims? Well, yeah, we can do that. I said, we've got a team already there. All we got to do. Mm. And they're supposed to be uh, uh, the flood uh, flood victims. We've got a we've got a setup for that. Uh, one of the things that I was uh, concerned with was when we started helping the fire victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that's in California. That's almost a never-ending job. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a career. Yep. Uh, last year wasn't anywhere near in the neighborhood that we're used to, so that was okay. But when you see the people like that, uh, the first time I got involved, and that was the uh, Middletown fire, right? The uh, Lake County. Lake County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I learned something. I, you know, I, I tend to be more cynical. Well, they brought in the. Uh, relief dogs. Uh, they take them out to the airport every now and again when they figure people are going to be getting stressed. And I thought, yeah, yeah, it's a dog. Yeah, it's got a dog. That was a very strange thing because I had this dog. He just came up and leaned against my leg, and I reached down and started petting him, and I went, wow, <laughs> that, really, that really is a peaceful feeling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was just, uh, I didn't expect that to happen, but uh, you learn something new every day. Yep. Uh, the, 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 some of the things that uh, dogs can do uh, beyond just companionship, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and uh, and then you've got the people who try to take a, a snake on the airplane with them as a service animal. Nah, <laughs> I have issues with that. Like I said, kind of on the cynical side. But... We're okay with it. Well, Joe, always a a joy to talk with you. Uh, Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll look forward to the next time our paths cross. All right. Well, hopefully it won't be uh, as far out as the next benefit dinner. I'd like to see it before then. I always enjoy talking to you. In in case you hadn't noticed, I don't have a problem talking. Well, thanks so much, Joe. God bless you and your family and uh, all the people you work with, and we look forward to talking again soon. All right. Thank you, Bob, and uh, thank you for calling me and giving me the opportunity to talk. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Goodbye, Joe. That's uh, Joe Alves, the president of St. Vincent de Paul Society here in the Diocese of Sacramento. does such great work, and St. Vincent de Paul does such uh, great work, too. And we were talking a little bit about the Exodus Project under the executive directors, uh, Rabbi Seth Castleman, and uh, what a wonder, helping people that are transitioning from being in prison or jail uh, back to civilian life, and uh, what's that like, and and how, what their needs are, and uh, they they're always looking for volunteers. They provide uh, to be mentors, and uh, they they provide all the training. Uh, and uh, just a, a really, really wonderful program that uh, Bishop Soto and the diocese has started uh, in conjunction with uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society. It's called the Exodus Project, and you can you can learn all about it by going to the diocese website, and uh, uh, you can look up the Exodus Project and find out when their training is and uh, all about uh, their need for volunteers to be mentors to these people uh, who will be walking among us uh, very shortly, and they, they really need some, some help to get reacquainted. Uh, that's, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this.
This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry, of Mi- Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of AmeriPrize Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. This is Julie Sly, editor of Herald Magazine, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Julie, for all you do. And, uh, yeah, you should look at the current Catholic Herald, all about uh, uh, farm life, if you will, Catholics uh, working the land, uh, some really, really great and moving stories about uh, some of the people in the Diocese of Sacramento who uh, make their living uh, on a farm, ranching, uh, farming, etc., raising sheep. Uh, just uh, some some great stories in there about uh, how they really use their Catholic faith as they uh, continue to uh, you know feed people and uh, uh, etc. Very 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 good stuff. So um, thank you, Julie, for that introduction. We're pleased to welcome in uh, by phone Paulette Wiley, the executive director of the the uh, Bishop Gagos Maternity Home. Uh, Paulette, good day to you. Good day to you, Bob. How are you doing? Doing very good. Good to hear Excellent. your good to hear your voice as always. And uh, thank you. Uh, maybe t- just to start out, let let people know about who maybe have never, for some reason, don't maybe they're new to the area or maybe just haven't heard your voice before. Uh, tell us just about the the Saint uh, the uh, Bishop Gagos Maternity Home. I was going to say Saint, but maybe it will be Saint the Saint Gagos <laughs> Maternity Home someday Let's soon. On that. Uh, yeah, there's the. Uh, it was a, a slip of the tongue. Maybe the Holy Spirit was <laughs> helping it out, helping getting it out. <laughs> but uh, uh, named obviously for Bishop Alphonse Gallegos, who was a hugely popular man here in the in the Diocese of Sacramento before. A tragic death in a in a auto accident and and uh, but uh, very very popular and uh, his cause for sainthood is uh, proceeding uh, never fast enough but uh, that's <laughs> you know but uh, the home is 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 named after him so maybe just give us a thumbnail of of what the the home is all about the Bishop Gagos maternity home is all about sure well as you alluded to being named after Bishop Gallegos um. Some may not know, uh, but his focus was really, um, when he's talking about Bishop's motto, you know, they all have one, uh, was love one another. 
And so that is really the heart of Bishop Gallegos Maternity Home, mm-hmm. you know, providing shelter for homeless pregnant women and showing them um, God's love through our actions. And so, you know, through the help of our benefactors and people uh, who support our mission, volunteers and such, uh, we're able to provide uh, shelters, uh, shelters, transportation, um, to doctor's appointments. You know, we have a pantry, and it's not just a shelter. It really, truly is a home where mm-hmm. residents get to um, cook dinner once a week for their whole group, um, and they can uh, they contribute to the home doing chores and things like that. And so it really does, um, and we have 24-hour care. We have uh, staff that live on premises. So if there's ever an emergency or, or they're in need, there is someone that they can reach out to for help, even in the middle of the night. And there's mm-hmm. there's no charge to these women? No, there is no charge. We do have, um, we do have program fees, but those, most of the time, we, we don't collect those. We can't collect those mm-hmm. because the women come to us with nothing. Right. You know, so it is only, it was really through the uh, the care of all of our benefactors that we are able to provide those services. Yeah. So the, yeah. Uh, how, how long has, has the home been in existence? It's over 30 years now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we celebrated our 30th anniversary last year. Mm-hmm. So we have been in, um, in Sacramento for over 30 years and we are completely privately funded. So right. meaning uh, we don't, collect any money from the government in many, in many capacities. Um, we do apply for and sometimes get and sometimes we don't private grants. Uh-huh. Um, and so we try on try for those, but it really truly is those donations that help us keep our doors open. Yeah, and, you know, and the, because of the nature, the great work that you do, um, there would be... Um, public grants available to you, um, either right. fed, federal or state, or maybe county or even city. That there, there would be grants av- available to you, but um, for a variety of reasons, and, and sometimes it's so you can run your own show, um, that you've decided that that's, but you will uh, apply for private grants. Right, yeah. exactly. But you're right, mm-hmm. the... the it's it's really the the, the benefactors, uh, your annual dinner, a variety of fundraisers that uh, really are are what keep you afloat. They're our bread and butter, you know, and uh, it really it really is. Even though we are non-denominational, you know, we are founded by Catholics. Uh, of course, Bishop Soto and our diocese is very uh, supportive of us. Um, we. We are not affiliated with the church directly, right? Um, right. And so, but having that moniker, you know, our name, Bishop Gallegos, is sometimes it can be difficult <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when they're when they're requesting that you're not a religious organization, you, <laughs> you know, to get those grants. But well, maybe we you try, just we you try just, our best. <laughs> just you, you, what are you just going to call it, the Gallegos home, and leave leave off bishop? <laughs> I know, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, but it, it is. I mean, it, it is interesting that um, there are. Um, well, uh, if, if you think of uh, Father Junipero Serra, um, mm-hmm. there are all kinds of places in the Bay Area that are named after Father Serra that are not religious organizations at all. There are probably auto shops named after Father Serra. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, Shakespeare said, "What's in a name?" Well, let me tell you, sometimes that can be difficult. <laughs> yeah, uh, you just uh, you you happen to name your organization after a great man who who really cared about people, and, uh, and he happens and we, to he happens to be a bishop. And we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so that's what we've been up to down there, uh, you know, out there in the, in the world. So. So how many? How yeah. many? people are you able to serve at one time? So the house, um, once COVID hit, we did change our, our numbers so that everyone could have a private room uh-huh. in the maternity home. So now we have 10 beds um, that are, like I said, they're private rooms. 
and and women come and they get their own key, so they have some privacy. They can come to us and uh, hopefully get a little settled uh, before they have their babies, uh, so that they can kind of decompress uh, and get used to uh, maybe a quieter and uh, less stressful, we hope so, hopefully less stressful and safe home, <laughs> so that um, once they have the baby, they can bring that baby home into that calm and peaceful environment and be able to bond and, and focus on that child and um, their needs, because sometimes we have twins, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. um, yeah. So how, how long would somebody be there prior to the birth of the child, and, and how long would they be there perhaps after the birth of the child? So typically we, we say women who are seven months further along um, will start with us. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's all about those semantics for what we want for our women because, you know, the – in order to qualify for services, um, there's a 90-day, if you're housed more than 90 days, um, you, you're you considered no longer homeless. Uh-huh. And so we try to, that's why the policy is that. But we certainly take women who are earlier than that, you know, maybe five months pregnant, sometimes even four. Um, but that's the idea, is so at least that, number one, they can um, not, lose those benefits, right? Right. Because, you know, the way we've designed the program is they come to us as a women's shelter for pregnant women. Mm-hmm. And then they leave to have their baby, but when they come back, uh, they're, because they're part of a family shelter because now they have their child, right? Sure. And then we've also, in 2020, we opened our transitional living home. And so and that is in a different location completely. And so that clock can start over again. So all in all, like, you could easily be there for at least another, what, nine months or Uh so. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, I always say, too, um, the last thing we would ever do is want to bring someone along in in their progress and success for so so, so far and then turn them back out under the street. Yeah, and just say, okay, your time's up. Yeah. Yeah, and we we don't do that. You know, if, if, they're, if they're doing what they need to do um, and, and for our program, following the rules and such, and, and taking all those positive steps moving forward, as little as it might be, you know, as long as it's still forward, because sometimes it can be daunting and a slow journey. Um, but as long as they're trying and they're moving forward, you know, we're going to extend that time and support them so that, you know, um, we, can, we can help them. Because that's what, that's what we're here for. We're here to serve. Yep, yep. So, and, yeah. so, and, and I know many times at, at your annual dinner, um, we'll, we're here, we'll hear some of these women speak. And yeah. it's just, uh, it, there's not a dry eye in the house when, <laughs> when you realize uh, how transform. You know, there, there are a lot of programs out there that try to help people uh, with a variety of problems. And mm-hmm. some of them are very successful. Most all of them are well-meaning. Um, but some of them, it's just, it's just real difficult, whether it's drug rehab or, or what it is. Um, but the, the, the Bishop guy goes home, the stories of transformation, how, uh, the, the, these people have, have, you know, they needed a hand up and they got it and then they took it and ran with it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I do talk about, you know, God's transformative love, you know, and, you know, like I always say, that's that's our job is to be those servants here. And uh, you're right; They're, those stories are so inspirational. And um, to be able to help them, you know, because these women are very capable. Uh, that's the thing. You know, we're just giving them the safe place, the quiet place, and the encouragement that they need. Uh, the success that they get is because they're capable. And I think a lot of times. Um, when the women come to us, they don't feel that. They don't have that message. Um, and so we do, it's not what we really do for them, it's what they're doing for themselves and just having the environment of people saying, yeah, you can do this or do this and giving suggestions, you know. And to see the changes, and part of that, I think, is because we're a peer-led program, meaning 
Um, all the employees, with the exception of myself and my bookkeeper, are former residents. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, here, I'm here to help you and give you a hand up. It's, I've been where you are. I know what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. This worked for me. Let me help you. You know, so I think that that's a, a good thing, a big difference, um, because of immediately you can relate, whether it's someone who's, you know, ha- having an issue with domestic violence and they're fleeing that violent partner and that brought them there, or whether they're, you know, um, have been living in their car or vehicle or, you know, they've had drug and alcohol issues. You know, there's people who work with us now that have all those same issues, had had all those same issues and, you know, have moved forward in their life and is doing wonderful and great things. So w- And giving back. <laughs> and giving back, yeah. So how do how do these women find you in the first place? So they come to us from various places. Sometimes it's, um, well, the first place, sometimes it's just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, being out on the street and people know about the program. Uh, sometimes it's through the court. You know, there's been judges that have referred women to us. Mm-hmm. It's social workers, CPS workers, hospital social workers. Uh, nurses, things like people like that, you know, with uh, sheriff's office, you know, that's how they find us. Sure, all over the board. <laughs> do, do you get a, a fair number of people inquire and say, "No, that's not for me"? Actually, recently we have, um, and you know, I think part of that has been because of the programs, you know. Uh, offered by the county and the city and things like that. Um, And we've actually been working with, uh, I've met with both uh, Supervisor Kennedy, who's Mm -hmm. our county supervisor for both of our locations, and then um, uh, Supervisor Desmond came out. Both of them came out. They toured the home, saw what we had to offer, um, liked what they saw, so now they know. And, you know, working with us and trying to help, you know, get the word out amongst um, the other workers mm-hmm. in the county. So, you know, they can use this as a resource. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Just, uh, yeah. you know, you're, you're <laughs> for want of a better, we're on the Rolodex now. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Not, not just passively waiting for people to come to us. You know, we're trying to reach out and, and to get those, those um, that name out there. <laughs> now, are there people... Forget about capacity, but are there people you have to say no to for some reason? You know, the the, the hard part with that, the only people that we would we, we really say no to are those that are um, non-compliant mm-hmm. with our rules. Like, we're willing to take anybody. Uh-huh. You know, uh, we've even had women with severe um, mental illness, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's always a concern if they're non-compliant with medication and they have severe mental illness. Sure. That, I think, would be the thing that would cause us to say no. Like, yep. if there's anything, that would be, because, you know, we have to think of the safety and uh, well-being of the other residents, their babies, sure. and sure. our staff. So, um, and not that they would be violent anyway, but just, you know, the disruption and and whatever that may come with it would be counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve at the home. And we don't have, that's beyond our scope of expertise, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't, we, we probably can't do that, you know. Are all of the women that come to you, are they adults? Are there any yes. ju- juveniles? They are all adults. Uh-huh. At least that's always it's set up that way. But I, I haven't yet had like an emancipated minor uh-huh. uh, contact us or anything like that yet. But so yeah, it's always adult women. Are there are there other homes similar to yours in Sacramento County or in in Northern California? In Sacramento County, no. Of course, we um, up in Placerville, we have one. But I was going to say in Placerville, is that Sacramento County? No, in that's Placerville. Uh, <laughs> I think is El Dorado County. Yeah, I think that's El Dorado. That that's the close. I was just going to say that's our closest. That's Mother Teresa's uh, maternity home. Right. That's our closest other maternity home. There are places in the Bay Area and things like that, but we've even had women come to us from the Bay. So, um, do you guys get together and talk shop? 
actually, funny you ask that, uh, there is a conference, and it does um, circulate around the United States. And so, yeah, there's a conference for that, um, religious um, homes, shelters, mm-hmm. and that's happening in San Diego this year. So oh. it, they rotate along the, around the country. So, yeah, so they can share ideas, share uh, experiences, and kind of gain more knowledge or wisdom from others. Do, do most of them follow sort of the same model? You know, yes, to a degree. You know, mm-hmm. the schedules are different, and um, there's always a little bit of difference, you know, qualifications and how they um, approve people. Like some of, some of the homes that go through a process so someone would uh, apply for it, and then they have a, a committee um, that approves people to the home. We don't do something like that. It's really just a phone call, and like I said, we do a few screening calls, and then if they're willing, you know, we have them come in, take a tour, and see if you think this is something you'd like to do. And um, if they want to do it, great. And they come on, and so we really limit. There's not a lot of barriers to acceptance in our program. What are what? Uh, and I hate to stereotype, but uh, and and you probably can't because every every person is so unique. But what are what are the biggest issues facing the people who come to you? I think probably the, the one of the, the issue that covers everyone is mental health uh-huh. and trauma. Um, everybody that comes through our doors has some sort of traumatic event in their life. It seems. Mm-hmm. And so that counseling and trying to get them those kind of services, if they're willing, um, is really, I think, vital to being able to progress along. Um, and then other than that, I would, I would really think that's the most common is that uh, trauma, PTSD, uh, diagnosis, that sort of thing. Uh, but otherwise, you know, we run the gamut of domestic violence and alcohol, drug rehab, mm-hmm. people coming out of that program. But, yeah, those would be, probably be the top three. Very good. Well, Paulette, before you go, uh, the date of your annual dinner is September the 10th. Uh, yes, it is. A Sunday evening. And uh, will it be at the same site in Elk Grove? Same exact site in Elk Grove. Um, Armand's Palace, right off of uh, I-5. And it is a palace. Florida. It is a palace. It is a palace. It's fancy, huh? Fit for a king and queen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we're, we're going to be out there again. Um, we have uh, just secured our keynote speaker this year, um, who is Kathleen Domingo. She's the executive oh, director. She's, of she's, the, she's excellent. Yeah, she's the executive director of the uh, California Catholic Conference. Right. So, you know, frequent guest really on, on this program and she boy, she knows she knows every issue backward and forward in the state of California and, and nationally too. She's she's just nothing short of brilliant. Yes, she is. And so we're really great that she accepted our invitation and she's gonna come and speak for us. So very good. Really excited. Are you selling tickets yet? Not yet. So um all of that information, actually, we're finalizing all that information. Um, so looking towards the end of June, uh-huh. probably around the 20th, but certainly by July 1. Very uh, good. That information will be available on our website at um, org, and uh, we'll start getting the word out in our newsletters if, some, if there are subscribers out there that are listening. So Very keep good. an eye out for that. Well, Paulette, always a joy to talk with you, and we'll look forward to uh, our, our paths crossing again soon. Thanks for all the great yes. work you do, and uh, God bless you and everybody that works with you and everybody you're serving. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invitation, and God bless you and your loved ones. Thanks so much, Paulette. God bless. That's uh, Paulette Wiley, the Executive Director of the Bishop Gagos Maternity Home. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. 
This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. I was sure by now God, you would have reached down our tears away Stepped in and saved the day But once again I say amen And it's still raining But as the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the rain I'm with you And as your mercy falls God who gives and takes away Thunder 